Welcome and thanks for listening. My name is Christian Buckley, and you're listening to the Collab Talk podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with Alex Doyle, Vice President of Product Management with Verizon Business Group, on Verizon's support for Microsoft Teams phones and more within the unified communication space. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the Collab Talk podcast, where we discuss the convergence of technology, business productivity, and collaboration culture. My guest today, really looking forward to this conversation, is Alex Doyle, the Vice President of Product Management with Verizon Business Group. Welcome, Alex. Thank you so much, Christian. Good to be here. And we're talking today about, well, a couple of different things here, but about the expansion of unified communication solutions within the collaboration space broadly. And there's a lot that's happening. We're going to talk about that. But then we also going to dive into, I think it was January with the announcement of Verizon's uh, announcement around the partnership with Microsoft Teams. And so we'll jump into that solution as well. Um, so anything else about, I know you, you've had a storied past in the uh, the telephony world as well as I do. I spent many years in the space back for Pacific Bell and, and North Point DSL and in the space. So, and worked with Nortel way back when and all those years. Anything else about your background? What's what's kind of your ramp up to where you are now at Verizon? Yeah, Christian, I'll tell you, I, I've been uh, I had the great privilege to be in Unified Communications for a pretty long time. I started on the vendor side, right? I, I built products as an engineer first at Nortel and then at Broadsoft and a few other places. More recently, I've moved to the service provider side. And it's an industry and a segment that always surprises you. I've been in it long enough to watch these transitions, right? Premises gear to cloud and SaaS. Now you're seeing this move from cloud and SaaS to kind of like true mobile first. And we're really on that early stage of that mobile first time. So it's an exciting time and looking forward to talking about it. You know, it's interesting though. I mean, I, I, so maybe just because I have the background in telephony and and I you know, went in the supply chain side. So I worked with Nortel and Lucent and a bunch of other companies and vendors in that space. But, uh, you know, having been in that space and then going to Microsoft, being aware of, uh, of the mobile first story, especially like in the subcontinent in Africa. I mean, it, that's, that's been that story for 15, 20 years. Uh, it, it just because instead of building all the other infrastructure, they're just going straight into that. But I guess you're, you're, right, you're right. For the rest of the world, it's been a slower move over that direction. Yet the younger generation, I mean, that seems to be what they're embracing and that's what they're accustomed to. Uh, and so it makes sense that we're going to see that transition within the enterprise for sure. There's been a few weird uh, barriers to going true mobile first over the years. And sometimes it's country by country and regulatory. You know, some countries have different numbering plans for mobile phones versus fixed phones. Sometimes it's been technology based. You know, if you go back, uh, you know, a decade or so or even five years ago, you know, mobility for unified communications was always sort of like a complex add on. It was like, find me, follow me or or, is a, or an app you have to add on. And it was just enough friction in it to make it a little hard for everyone. I think it was a little hard for the user. It was a little hard for the IT team, a little hard for the CIO, a little hard from a cost perspective. It was just enough friction to like just make it hard. And I think what we're seeing now is that friction kind of going away. And, and, and that's where I think, you know, the adoption will take off the speed of deployment will take off. So I think we're in an exciting new age. Well, having worked for a couple of companies that saw that, hey, the advantages to having completely integrated 
uh, phone systems with CRM and with all the other kind of internal systems and making that direction. I mean, it was, I think the, the hardest adoption issue was this, this whole bring your own device, like people not wanting to give up their other systems. Like we'd had to go and purchase these very expensive desktop phone systems and it wasn't integrated with the mobile capability. So uh, it was a fantastic experience, but we were pushing people that would, you know, salespeople that would take calls wherever they were via mobile, yet we we're trying to force them to use these fancy desktop phones because all the tracking, the analytics and things around that and the integration with the backend systems so that we could see, you know, that the, the sales leaders wanted to see, you know, that workflow of activity with the customers. I mean, I'm, now I'm, I have that now with, with my company, with my day job, uh, where they're, they want everything done in a certain way and calls and emails done through a, another platform so that they have the tracking. And it's just not the natural way, the way that I've been doing things. And so it's been a struggle to adopt. So what, what are kind of the trends? What are the changes that you see happening that are kind of driving this movement across the unified communication space? I do think, you know, first of all, when I look at if I step way back and I know we'll dig into things more with Microsoft and mobility, but if you take a zoom back on, on unified communications, I'd say probably, probably three main things that I kind of think about. Number one, and by far is like how, how it's all going to become mobile first and, you know, mobility becomes the core of any UC play. And I mean that both in device mobility, like you said, it's no longer a fixed phone. You can have one if you want it, but it's true device mobility and personal mobility. The people are where they need to be. The devices are needed to be. That, that That's clearly number one. Um, I'm excited to see where things go with AI uh, and data. That's where in the early days of that, but I think that's going to be a game changer in unified communications. And, and then I think going kind of a, a tangent to AI, the concept of utilizing data, and you touched on this with CRM, Christian, is like, how you utilize data and intelligence in two ways. One is for productivity, but another one is compliance too. A lot of sophisticated companies have these compliance requirements and using data for compliance is just as important as it for productivity. So that's kind of where I, I see things going. Mobility, AI, and, and, and the use of data for productivity and compliance. Well, one of the things I've always talked about it in the, you know, again, the collaboration technology space is that, you know, everything that you do within, you know, from an enterprise, when I, generically the 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 queen's uh, language of of the uh, the enterprise, so the business, whether it's a small to medium sized business, fifty employees to fifty thousand employees, but you know, in the enterprise, is that anything that you do within the enterprise system is intellectual property is technically owned by the company. I'm there as an employee. I'm using the employee you know, my company assets. I'm in meetings, I'm on phone calls, I mean, all those, there's reasons for kind of from a compliance standpoint, things are being done the right way, but also it's all data assets. It's all big data that we want to be able to search into and, and synthesize that data and better understand, was that the right approach? Did we miss indicators to try and close a deal? Like whatever that intelligence is around that. And, and so you, you can't capture that consistently if people are on all these devices around that are not plugged in. So yeah. I, I, I get that, exactly. that drive for that. It's, you know, and, and it, it's getting a lot easier to pull those disparate pieces in than it used to be. It, it is. And, and it's exciting that you're going to see kind of this democratization of that too. Some of these sophisticated things you mentioned, Christian, I think in the past have been only available to the largest, of the large, the most sophisticated customers. 
Uh, and I think you're going to see those come down more to the small side of the market too. You know, one of the great things about working in a place like Verizon is, you know, we have one product team, but we have different offers because from a go-to-market perspective, our customer base goes all the way from, a, 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 this is a true story, uh, we have an 89-year-old grandmother in Montana who started her own business on Etsy, all the way up to the largest multinationals and federal governments like in the world and everywhere in between. And, and I think in the past, some of these sophisticated UC capabilities have really only been uh, available to the largest of the large. And, and I think the combination of technology and go-to-market and innovation, you're seeing you know, that data you should just be able to go down market too. So we're in an exciting time. I think we're about to see even more there. What changed with the pandemic from your perspective? I mean, because I mean, you and I have been in the space in technology for a long time. And and so I, I, I mean, I look at a lot of the pieces now and I, I see certain things which certainly sped up. I don't see anything that is just come out of the blue is different. I mean, even the AI stuff, we've really been talking about the AI stuff for a long time. And if you work in, you know, the big data space around that, building the intelligence into um, dashboards and reporting from the, the basics into the more advanced models, large language models, and the things like that. I mean, again, it's, it wasn't like an overnight surprise, maybe the consumer world. But what what changed for Verizon and, and your focus in going through the pandemic? is Did anything change in your strategy? I'm not sure anything changed exactly, but I think I'd agree with you that things just accelerated rapidly, right? I think... Uh, you know, you, you saw in the past companies being kind of open to remote work or open to mobile workers. And I think almost overnight, things like switched upside down and then this like embrace of work anywhere. And I don't mean just work from home, just like literally work from anywhere. Like I think a lot of companies, a lot of enterprises, and I think Verizon was like this probably seven, eight years ago, from a talent recruitment perspective, we would be very centralized around you know five or six cities, right? We're gonna hire in these five or six cities. And, and that's a silly way to look at it, right? There's this great phrase, uh, you know, talent is universal. And, and if we can get right people anywhere around the world, I think that's what we're gonna do. So, so I think it just accelerated these concepts of like working anywhere, uh, uh, remote work, you know, uh, you know, just bringing the best people into your company. What I'm curious about is like if we're going to see any kind of backlash to that over the next couple of years. I, I think especially with the younger workers, there's a very understandable and obvious desire to come back to an office, to come back to major cities. So I think finding that balance uh, is, is going to be interesting. But from a pure product perspective, I think it all it really did was accelerate the trends we were already expecting and seeing. Yeah, it's I mean, I find that, too, when I talk with organizations um, that are very Microsoft Teams focused, you know, leveraging that technology. Uh, I was interviewing uh, uh, somebody with uh, uh, with Dyson in the UK and talking about, uh, you know, how difficult was it making the transition once the pandemic things got shut down. Of course, in the UK, uh, we've all seen they got shut down and they opened up and shut down and then opened up and then shut down. I mean, just repeatedly around that, like, how was that adjustment? And the operations team that drives owns their Microsoft platform said it was actually look there were difficult spots there and training for people uh, uh, on using these tools, but otherwise it went a lot smoother than they thought because they had already been making the transition over to using Microsoft Teams, uh, and, and so of course you you dig into that and the 
areas that they have problems with and being, you know, in Europe with a lot of their business being GDPR compliant and other kind of compliance related uh, records management related issues and things with that. But from a communication, from people being able to connect and work smoothly together, it went fairly easy. And, and I have interviewed companies that had struggled with that transition uh, because they weren't moving that. They were pushing back. They were fighting it. So there was a fear over the cloud, which, look, that started in the late 90s. Uh, and so a lot of those fears, the reasoning behind a lot of those fears, real or perceived, you know, have been around for a long time around the cloud. And it just kind of forced organizations to realize, hey, it's not quite as scary as we thought for those that were laggards in that process. Yeah. I I, uh, I sometimes see that that the things that sometimes look easiest and feel easiest for the consumers and customers sometimes require the most imagination and innovation under the hood uh, in the plumbing. And I will say, we were so pleased to see our customers, even kind of the ones you would consider older and stodgier, make that move incredibly quickly. For us, I, I still think back to that time in March 2020, and I want to give a shout out to the amazing Verizon network engineering team. For us, just the amount of traffic we saw on our networks in a different way for unified communications cloud systems, it was off the charts. I mean, we measure our network very, very closely. And the joke is for us, Mother's Day is the biggest day of the year in terms of traffic, right? Everyone's making calls. For that week in March 2020, it was like Mother's Day every day, and every day was bigger than the day before. And the amount of tuning we had to do in the network was just, just astonishing. And I just want to give a shout out to my colleagues who made it happen because the customers just didn't see any change. They knew the user experience, but just like the distribution of traffic was a game changer. It's a, it, was, it was fascinating to see from, uh, from under the hood. So I'd like to talk about, again, a couple more kind of broad industry focused, uh, I, what are, in your opinion, what are some of the most important features or capabilities that a unified communications platform should have in order to meet the demands of today's businesses? I mean, especially with this shift, with more people working remotely, uh, it, like as you point out, I mean, demand is higher across the board. Uh, it it kind of reminds me of like the, with the bring your own device and it used to be you'd have the company phone, the company, maybe the company pager as well. I had the pager and the phone and the work laptop and control over that. And so now, and they thought, well, with smartphones, we're going to have fewer overall devices. And that's like, no, everybody then added a smartphone to that, that mix. And so it was more devices, more traffic, you know, more complexity there. But what are those kind of core features that you look at that you focus on? I think we can break this down in kind of like the near term, and then a bit later, I'm sure we'll talk about where things are going. Uh, I think that when, when you look at what what really is needed most today, what's really needed the most, you can broadly separate kind of the the mid and small side of the market on one side and the large enterprise on the other side. I think candidly for the mid and especially the small, it's all about the the reachability and the mobile side and the whole never miss a call. Because if you're a small business, you know, a missed call is a missed customer. You know, you, you can argue that we're in like a, a Yelp type economy where like if I need a plumber or a landscaper, I'm going to look, I'm going to call the first person. And if they're not there, boom, I'm going to go to the next. Right. Mm -hmm. So these smaller businesses that aren't necessarily brick and mortar, it's all about reachability. And again, reachability is different in a mobile first world. So so really a lot of our our, our, our most important UC features for the small side are reachability, whether it's the mobile device side and being mobile first, 
or it's that kind of generic kind of like, you know, call forking, reach your expert, you know, the typical hunting, auto receptionist, those kind of things, because those will make or break a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the upmarket side, I really do think it's it's all about kind of the productivity and kind of the data side, you know, where you can kind of leverage those insights. You know, you mentioned CRM integration. So when people are calling into you, you can get their customer journey and history wrapped up. You can get buying insights. It's all about integration of how you put your unified communication into whatever that that, that company may need. Mm-hmm. For financial services, it may be a certain things. For hospitality, maybe other things. For travel and media, it may be other things. So there's a lot of integration. So on the up market side, it's a little more about openness and integration and utilizing data. On the down market, it's all about reachability and, and customer service. Yeah, it's it's a... I... I, I, I'll be honest. I don't know a lot about you know the the Verizon Business Group kind of like what your focus is around this. Um, you know, I, I'm still on very much on the uh, the consumer side of it. And just for everyone out there, since yeah, I am a Verizon customer. Um, there's been no conversation that I'm aware of about reducing my monthly bill, but I'd be open to those conversations. Um, but I would like to know more about specifically Verizon Business Groups like your play in, in facilitating unified communications for, for customers. So let's get specifically into what Verizon is focused on. Yep, yep. And first, thank you for being a customer, Christian. So I, I think what, when you look at where we play, let me just set the stage and take a step back. So Verizon Business is about a $30 billion a year business. So a small company, uh, and, a startup. Yes, <laughs> yes a small and agile startup. And like I mentioned, we serve everyone for B2B solutions everywhere from that one, you know, grandmother starting her Etsy business all the way to the largest, the large. Mm-hmm. Um, what what I have the privilege of being a part of a team on is basically product management of our above the network solution. So we've got our rich networks so with smartphones and 5G on the wireless side, you know, global backbone uh, on the enterprise wireline side. We're responsible for the products that sit, uh, you know, uh, on top of those. In general, here's how we go to market. On the in general, I'm kind of oversimplifying a bit. On the mid market and downside, we're general we're using a Verizon brand and we're bringing Verizon products out to market because customers are usually looking for our brand. They're looking for a mobile first solution and they're looking for that kind of single throat. So we'll come in with a whole suite of Verizon offers and a rich sales force to take them to market. And we've got 1,300 retail stores. So you can go into a retail store and say, hey, I'm starting a business. And hopefully I'll be 50 people one day. But right now I'm three. Can you get me set up? You can go to a retail store. We have you know, feet on the street salespeople. We've got a variety of you know, VARs and agents and indirect partners. And in that side of the house, we're always kind of starting with that mobile network. right? So we're going to sell you devices and smartphones. We've got a rich unified communications product called OneTalk that's basically a mobile first UC product. So you can think of it as like a UC stack. We'll do mobile connectivity. Uh, we'll do security on the mobile connectivity. We'll do unified communications. And then we can add on a set of kind of rich IT type services. Maybe you need point of sale solutions, or maybe you need uh, extra device security, or maybe you need Google Workspace or Microsoft or something like that. We can kind of add all those in. So we can kind of go up as much as the customer wants on kind of our layer cake. It's all built though on that mobile base, you know, on the the small side, the way you would start a company in 2023 is not at all the way you'd start a company in 2013, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we've made this amazing investment in in a 5G network. So if I'm starting a company now, I'm not going to get a traditional 
DSL or cable WAN. I'm going to get a 5G fixed wireless access WAN and then build on top of that. Well, I, I just on the 5G question, I do want to clarify, um, does the 5G, does that somehow make my COVID shots ineffective? And also, when do I get the check from Bill Gates for using 5G? <laughs> to the best of my knowledge, uh, I'm not magnetized by any 5G. Uh, we have, I have been able to put a lot of unified communications on top of it, but I, I, I'll continue check of a magnetized i don't understand where those things came from i don't know the QAnon craziness around the round that but i just uh, again i i'm uh i of course if bill gates suddenly sends me a check then i'll be a believer but until (laughs) then yeah (laughs) it's the one of the things we've both seen over our careers is the rise of social media and there's some uh some some strange second order and third order effects when you kind of unleash social media to the wild, isn't it? Yeah. Are, yeah. are you seeing though? All seriousness, are you seeing uh, you know more adoption around because of five G? Is that speeding up things as well? I mean, you probably have better data around that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. I think um, think about you know you know we I like to talk about the technology benefits of 5G for sure right the cost of delivering a bit and the bandwidth and the latency they're all amazing but but you know over my career as I've gone from the vendor and engineering side and moved closer to the customer like what what really blows my mind is the effectiveness of the adoption and turn up right you know if you if you're again starting a business in 2023 is different uh, in the old days, I'd have to like, where do you start? You go to a bank and then you go to a telco and the telco has got to like roll a truck to your house and then crawl around in a closet or a patch panel. And you go, oh, I want my phone here. Oh, the cord won't reach. Right. And like, you got to rewire stuff. Here's one of the weird uh, things that Verizon has seen on the Verizon wireless side of our house. If you think about Verizon wireless, a phenomenally successful company over the last 20 years, uh, we started on the consumer side. Verizon Wireless comes to market with a certain DNA in that we would never roll a truck in Verizon Wireless. Like, why would you, right? Uh, on the Fios side, it's different. But like, you come to our store, you buy a smartphone, you tablet, and you go. So like, we don't have this DNA of like rolling a truck. So I think that's so important because again, if you think about how a business starts today, think about how you're just untethered you just buy a 5g router and you plug it anywhere we still have desk phones just to be clear we have desk phones but all our desk phones have an lte chipset in them so you just plug them in and turn them on it's not like oh i got to put it in the front of the store because that's where my rj11 jack is or my rj45 jack is like it's just a new way of thinking about your business so i just really think the mobility has just unleashed a lot of a lot you know it's uh, this conversation so one of my first projects at pacific bell was updating all the GIS information. So that was where they came with the truck would roll up and they would dig up your front yard to find to fix a cable or something that they knew within five feet instead of within 25 feet where that cable was. You know, but that that was so that was 1995, 1996, still thinking in those terms. But you're right. I mean, a business now, I mean it's just it's it, it again, I don't care where people are. Like I would go start a business I've done a number of my own startups and we've largely been remote. In fact, even my first startup back in the late nineties, we were a hundred percent, never had an office, a physical office. We were all remote and using FTP servers to share files because a lot of the peer to peer technology wasn't there. It didn't exist. Uh, we started using Ray Ozzy's groove before Microsoft acquired them um, to be able to do a lot of that capability. But yeah, it is now. I mean, it's a very, 
low cost of entry to go and do those components and have a very sophisticated system where each of us are on our individual mobile devices and yet still plug in and tie to centralized centralized you know uh, um, ERP and CRM platforms whatever your business is I mean it's so easy to go and do those things now and that's kind of the I know with with teams growing so rapidly um, and that's why I think the announcement in January was so big and was surprised that more people weren't aware of that talking about that. Maybe you could talk about what the announcement was with Verizon yeah, yeah. And, and Microsoft Teams. We're incredibly excited about it because not only is it a rich set of uh, value for the end employee, but also the CIO, but I also love it because it ties into this truly transformational wave of going from traditionally fixed-centric to traditionally wireless-centric. So, so what together we've announced with Microsoft, Microsoft will typically call it Teams Phone Mobile, the Verizon brand for it is Verizon um, Mobile Microsoft Teams. But what it fundamentally does is it lets you run Teams as your UC system, as your PBX Plus, but it's running off of a Verizon wireless mobile network with Verizon wireless numbers for all your endpoints. So in the past, if you go back a few years, people would use Teams for, you know, the video conferencing capability, or they'd use it for the, you know, the chat capability. Now you're you're able to use it for a full kind of phone system, full PBX, full UC, but rather than being over the top or on an app or on like a VoIP line like direct routing, you're 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 using it with a mobile uh, number from Verizon and a mobile endpoint. And like we talked about before, that's so simple for the end user. It took a lot of complex plumbing underneath, some innovation on the Microsoft side and the Verizon side. I'm so proud of both of our engineering teams. So a lot of complexity under the hood to make it work, but now it's it's so seamless for the end customer. And I really think it's a game changer. I'm sure we'll talk about that, but there's cost, scalability, uh, reliability, all these reasons where it's just really a better way to go. So yeah, just to be clear, Verizon supports other ways of doing Microsoft Teams calling. We have direct routing, we have operator connect, we love them both. But I do think Teams Phone Mobile is a true game changer, the way you can kind of mobile enable Teams from, from the ground up. Well, that's that's the thing, too. I mean, I, I have friends that are in the, you know, the unified communication space. Um, Tom Arbuthnot, uh, uh, Adam Ball, Jonathan McKinney that are MVPs that are that are my go to experts on these these topics. But it's it's just it's a different beast when you're talking about a call center that wants to move over and wants to start leverages in there and they have their older systems and and doing a migration over to an updated platform and the rich features that they need to go and have the vast majority of businesses that don't have that kind of advanced system in place could easily just go in and and again hey how do we tie into existing mobile numbers how do we then deploy out and, and you know new numbers that tie into the system and give them that capability, that same rich functionality, you know, over a weekend rather than weeks and months of planning and and deployment? It's so easy to turn this on. You know what what, what I tell people because it's true. If you want to connect Teams Phone Mobile with Verizon Wireless. It's literally putting a feature on your Verizon wireless business line. It's the same transaction for us as like turning on 
international roaming or voicemail. You just put it on and it just works. And that's a game changer for the, the CIO and the IT teams. You know, I, I, years ago, probably 15 years ago, I heard this great story at a place that was a conference, like an Enterprise Connect. And they said, if you go back like 20 years ago from now, you'd go into a company and there would be like two types of uh, people there. You'd have like your telecom person and your datacom person. And now you look back, that datacom person is a CIO and that telecom person has kind of just lost their job because that telecom person was just kind of just managing stuff and managing costs while the datacom person got strategic. And I really do genuinely think for reasons I'm sure we'll go into, doing Teams Phone Mobile, Verizon Microsoft, uh, Verizon Mobile for Microsoft Teams, it's a real strategic play for these CIOs. And you're gonna see them move that way just because it makes so much strategic sense. I would say that, hey, that you know, some of the, and just because again, I know some of the people in the Microsoft history of working with the old uh, communication server and you know it, the rebrands that it went through every two years or so, um, around that leading to where we are now um, with with Microsoft Teams. Um, but those are some of the the sharpest people that are some of the most sought after because it's, it's a small subset of people that were experienced on the unified communication side, the telephony side. So at least in the Microsoft ecosystem, the folks that I know, like there, there were just a handful of specialty companies to go and do. That's, that's one of the things I got excited by seeing the announcement. I said, well, this is really... You know, not to take away, I don't think that those people are like losing their jobs. Uh, those the, 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 their expertise is is equally sought after now. Um, but you're mainstreaming the capability. You are moving to the you know the consumer world. You know the 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 the, the ability to go and enable this functionality without having to go and buy into and dedicate yourself to those specialized servers and services around that and going to a limited set of experts who charge a whole lot of money for their time. This is something that, again, I'm not trying to take money away from them, but the reality is that this opens it up to a lot more companies to be able to even consider having this level of integration with teams. I think that's exactly right. Uh, you, you don't have to worry anymore if you're a traditional telecom engineer about, hey, the cost of dialing Switzerland is this and Austria is this. You're getting real strategic about making your workforce powerful. And, and, and it's a game changer. I really think it is. So what is the rest of your history with with Microsoft? I mean, uh, b besides this, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, uh, you know, and even back when I was in uh, uh, a Microsoft employee, I was aware of some of the things that they did with T-Mobile because they're there in in the the Seattle area, um, AT and T because I that was when I, you know, Pacific Bell became they bought AT and T and I still have friends that are involved with that business, but I wasn't really aware of the history with Verizon and Microsoft. Yeah, yeah, it's relatively recent. We've kind of um you know grown together in the last two or three years. I, I think what I'd say is. Verizon and Microsoft can partner in any part of uh, making Teams phone successful for an enterprise. So uh, again, what, what I'd probably like to spend the most time on because it's new and exciting is the Teams phone mobile side because that's a game changer. But again, we, are, we have our uh, direct routing offer in market. So you can around the world, if you're a multinational company, you can use Teams uh, as your phone system and use the Verizon global backbone for your numbers and voice and routing disaster recovery. Uh, the last year we launched Operator Connect, uh, so we tend to use that more in the 
the the smaller side of enterprise or the mid-market side. So really whatever the customer's interested in doing, direct routing, operator connect, Teams Phone Mobile, we have solutions for all of those. And we can kind of mix and match too. We have a large customer that has kind of a, a large headquarters that is a little more uh, operator connect centric, but for their branch workers and mobile workers and mobile salespeople, it's all Teams Phone Mobile. And we're able to put those together kind of like a hybrid type solution. Well, I, maybe kind of a, a wrap up question here, Alex, is, is, you know, so why should businesses care about Verizon Mobile for Microsoft Teams? So how do you see this impacting professional collaboration? So, so let me, let me put myself in the seat of like that, you know, CIO or a director of IT who's managing, you know, but probably a pretty complex solution, right? What I'd say at the end of the day, there's probably three things that make Teams Phone Mobile, Verizon Mobile for Microsoft Teams, three things that make Teams Phone Mobile a game changer. It's going to be about quality as number one. It's going to be about ease of scaling as number two. And it's going to be kind of cost savings as number three. And let me just kind of drill into those super fast on all of them. On quality, the, the, the hidden power of Teams Phone Mobile is that it just works on your smartphone as is. There's no app. You're not worried about, okay, I'm on an elevator. I'm on sub-basement C of a parking lot. You're on a mobile network that serves over 130 million subscribers with built-in security. It's the best of the best. So number one, if I'm the CIO, you just connect in your smartphones and it just works 100% of the time quality. That's number one. Number two is like that ease of scale, right? You know, deploying UC is hard, right? You've got all these corner cases and weird things and apps. And if you're using apps, you better make sure your Wi-Fi network is pristine. I mentioned that making Teams phone mobile work is literally the same operation as like turning on international roaming. So again, if I'm the CIO and I've got people all over the country and I've got different waves of transaction, it's just easy. So it's just easy to scale. And the third, I think, is cost savings. You know, again, these, these big hybrid companies, they might have legacy Nortel or Avaya PBXs, or they might have a legacy UC system, and they've got their smartphones. And they're all thinking about, how do I get rid of my legacy costs to embrace what's next? You can take all those legacy PBX numbers, port them over to Verizon smartphones, use Teams as your, your engine, and you're good to go. So there's a real cost savings opportunity here that we're seeing these CIOs embrace as well. So if, I, if, I'm, if I'm talking to a customer, that's what I'm saying. It's all about quality, it's easy to scale, and it's about cost savings. And the only thing I would add to the cost savings is that the, the, the decreased cost to onboard new employees and how rapidly that is. I mean, it used to be painful. You know, we're waiting for the number, we're waiting for the devices, we're waiting for that, that setup and, and all that. And, uh, and, and now it's just a breeze. It's easy. It really is. It's been, uh, like I said, I want to give a credit to the Microsoft partners, uh, our, our, our internal network engineering team. You know, the trick is always make it deceptively easy for the customer and hide the complexity underneath. Our network teams did a great job with this. Well, Alex, I really appreciate your time coming on and talking about this this program. It's a, uh, again, it's one of those things, if you didn't go back and look at the press release that came out in January from Verizon and Microsoft around this with details about the, the program and go check it out on uh, the Verizon uh, business group site. So I think it's, on the, I think all that information's out on the, the business oh. side of Verizon. So you can find that as well, but Alex, really appreciate your time. Thanks so much, Christian.
You've been listening to the Collab Talk podcast. New episodes are published on most Fridays, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and most other podcast platforms. Thanks for listening.